Welcome to another episode of Decided Heart Conversations with me, Hillary, and we also have my co-host, Sonia. Today, I am so excited. You guys, this is one of my favorite people that I have had the pleasure of getting to listen to and meet in the last year. 2020 has been something else, a bit of a beast, but Miss Kate Bradley Chernis came on a networking group that Sonia and I are part of, and I listened to her speak and I got off and I'm like, this woman is badass. I need to know. I even wore my girl power shirt today because I was like, I'm feeling it. Like it's on my heart. I'm feeling it with her today. And here you have someone who has, she was a music director. She was on XM, a radio host on XM. And then she became an award-winning radio producer, as well as an engineer and a voice talent overall. Well, now what is she doing? Oh, I don't know. Let's go ahead and found a brand new company called Lately that has to do with artificial intelligence. You guys are going to be fascinated by this. But like I said, my general thing is, is I'm fairly certain that we were all meant to do a TV show together that is all about women being badasses. Like I just, I can see it happening. We've talked about it. (laughs) It's all going to happen. But I mean, I mean, I know you have to run your company, so whatever. But uh, <laughs> it will happen one day. Yes, yes. I mean, it'll happen. It'll happen someday. But I need our listeners. We need our listeners, Kate, to hear about how did you travel from being in radio and on air to owning your own company? Yeah, <laughs> it's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which is funny because um, I've learned in life that it's always the story is is sometimes the most important thing right Um, even when we were just talking about my husband off air for a second and when we got married he didn't want to give me the ring Christmas Eve he wanted to do it Christmas Day and I was expecting it Christmas Eve and so instead he gave me something else a box with random things because he thought it would make me laugh and it was like a box of a can of gumbo soup, which I have over there still, and oh. some jacks. And like, clearly he'd raided my parents' closet, just random <laughs> stuff and threw them in a box. And so, and he was winding me up all day. Like, what could this be? And I'm hearing all these things juggling. It's very heavy. And I was like, I don't know. And then when I opened it, instead of laughing, I cried and I threw a tantrum. Because <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I was like, so disappointed, you know? Um, but we have a story to tell. right you know um which is interesting and sometimes the story though isn't clear until you have the vantage point right so when when you're in it you don't see that which was the case here so like you said yeah I had had a really fun career in radio um my last gig was broadcasting to 20 million listeners a day for XM satellite radio before the merger um at Sirius when it was still pretty fun and wild um and it was so wild that it was little, it was a zoo. I mean, so radio is a boys club. It always has been. I knew that. I'd been in radio a dozen years before. And so there were things that you just accepted as normal because they were normal. You, you even participated in it. I didn't even know that sexual harassment in, was wrong, frankly, like in, in this environment. But what, was, what I did know was wrong was like, I wasn't getting credit for the work I was doing. And it pissed me off, you know, and like, or I'd be constantly shushed, you know, or, or, um, just 
a sort of a negative vibe about when I was succeeding. I didn't understand that. And so that really made me uncomfortable. And my body started reacting as, as one's body does. It often is your, the best telltale of all things. Right. And I wasn't listening, which is amazing to me. Like, and I wasn't, I kept not listening. And so finally it screamed at me and I was physically incapacitated, like to very seriously, actually. And I, I made a lateral move to another music related company and it was another boy, boys club and the same thing was happening and um, I couldn't see a way out. And I was also very toxic. Like I, I was a terrible employee because I was crying all the time. Like I just couldn't figure out my identity and I didn't know to stand up for myself. Um, I was scared, like all the things, like I kept thinking, I'm doing the work. Why am I not getting an A plus? Like I didn't understand how the world works, you know, which is a kick in the stomach when you're young, because like you're, you get trained for something else, you know, and then there's all these other moving pieces. Right. So um, my dad had enough. <laughs> and I remember being up at their house for a weekend and I was like, so looking forward to just escaping from my own life. And I used to smoke too. So I was like smoking like so many cigarettes, like toxic, you know, and my dad shook me by the shoulders and he was like, you can't work for other people. And there's no shame in that. What a thing to say, right? I, I didn't, it didn't even occur to me because I felt, number one, I felt deep shame. So he honed right in that. I was disappointing my male bosses. Like, so I thought it was all on me and that I was this failure, you know, when I, I wasn't, right? And then my the other thing that he honed in on was this other possibility that I hadn't imagined, which is silly because my dad had his own business for 30 years. You know, my mom had her own business and all these people around you did. And so it was this whole other system that was like possible. So my my now husband, my boyfriend at the time, was so thoughtful. He went to Barnes and Noble the same week and he got me Guy Kawasaki's Art of the Start, the oh. book, right? Mm -hmm. And in the beginning of that book, like the first or second chapter, Guy says, don't make a plan, just get started. So I was like, well, I don't need this book. Like, I'm the kind of person that doesn't read instructions. You know, I was like, all right, move on. And um, I'd also had, I was reading The Secret too, which I think is a terribly written book and is just so um, patronizing, frankly. However, it did the trick because what I... It was like, oh yeah, like all I say every day is how much I hate my job and how much I hate myself. And I live to talk about it with my friends and my coworkers. We're always complaining, you know? So this has to stop because like, I was thinking about when I, when I played softball in, in high school, like when I hit a line drive, that great feeling I had, and it was a great feeling. I didn't walk up to the plate thinking I'm gonna suck. <laughs> you know, I rock, walked up to the plate thinking, I'm awesome. I'm gonna slug this sucker, you know? And so I needed to, Kind of change that mindset um is a long answer to your question you know i, I think about the, the different layers and why how do we come to be where we accept status quo like oh i guess this is the way i'm supposed to be treated i mean i i definitely connect with you in so many stories and experiences where i've shared that and the moment where we say what the hell like who who's going to tell us that this is not right and the the reliance on our accountability partners. I'm thinking about your father. Someone had to come in. You were sacrificing your entire, your health, your sense of being. And I'm thinking about these, these people that we didn't know that we relied on that did step in and change the course 
of our being. And, and that's where I'm settling right now is I'm thinking about who are my people as well. And then building the people that we need going forward. Yeah. And, you know, by the way, my husband was there through the whole thing and like he was going through his own toxic transition in, in life, actually, um, which is amazing. Like somehow we were there for each other, which I don't know how we did it because we were both really struggling through, through some crazy transitions. And um, looking back now, I realized like how hard that must have been on him to tolerate me, frankly, you know, because I was I'm a beast. <laughs> That's my nature. Good, happy or sad. I'm a beast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and that's the thing that you're pointing out is that catalyst, there's always a catalyst, you know, and what's interesting is I have enough self-awareness, like I knew to make the job change, like I knew to get the hell out of there. I had hired, by the way, so, so, and this plays into my life now, but so what was happening to me was I, I had um, tendonitis, I have tendonitis and epicondylitis out throughout hands, arms, and elbows, right? And so um, I wasn't able to type. I am still not able to type without a huge amount of pain. I can't even touch my phone. Like styluses are my life. They're all over the place. And um, I talk to my, my computer all day. I don't type. I use Dragon actually speaking for paraplegics, right? I can't type. Um, except I do now an hour's worth of special exercises every day in the morning so that I can do a demo with you, you know, and, and seem normal. But at the time, nothing looked like anything was wrong with me. So I had this added... Um, prejudice against me where the people that were XM were like, there's nothing wrong with you. You're faking it. And no one had heard of this then. Right. And I was panicked. Like, holy shit, I can't type every, this is email. I can't work. Like what's going to happen to me. And so I researched and I found this thing called dragon. This is 15 years ago when nobody really knew about it. And one of the foremost people like uh, take teachers happened to be in DC. I didn't have any money because I had a radio salary, but I paid her in CDs because I had hundreds of them for free. So I gave her like a couple hundred CDs and she took me to the Pentagon because she knew all these people. And I got to try all this cool equipment, like a foot mouse and like a, they called it a bindi, but they put a, a mouse thing on your head. And it was really eye opening to see what people who don't have hands and arms, like what their life is like, you know? Um, anyway, so what's interesting about that is it gave me, I mean, so, so I was trying to do everything in my power to make it better. I even hired my own intern because XM wouldn't pay for an intern for me, right? Because they didn't believe me, right? And so I literally was telling somebody to type for me all day long. It was this crazy thing. But I, I didn't have, like, I, I was doing everything I thought I could do, but I needed that, that unlock from, from somewhere else, you know? And I think that's the most important thing is because the unlock comes when you're doing everything you can do, right? You have to go through to get out. <laughs> no, I love, um, I love you saying that because that's oftentimes both Sonia and I, when we're coaching people, we always talk about like victim or hero, which one are you going to be? And the victim is like, Oh, life is happening to me. Right. And the hero is okay. Well, this is happening. What am I going to do to it? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. We're through it. And, and I love that because the foundation, we often, I was just telling you, you before off air on, uh, on about life is in the transitions, this book that I just read. And so, so much of what you're saying is resonated and, and, and I'm putting it through the lens of this book that I just read and how so much we have this life quake, this um, moment that revolutionizes us as a person. It starts out as being so negative and hard, which is, and, and there gets to be a bit of a pile up, right? The pile up mm -hmm. is toxic environment at work, 
not happy there. I have an injury as well. Nobody can see it. They're making me question me. I feel like an imposter because of that, even though I'm not. And I'm like, all of it piles up. And all of a sudden, okay, I need to redefine. I need a rebirth. I need to move forward. And that became the catalyst really for what Lately is all about. Yeah. So in more ways than one, by the way, too, because so I, so I was talking for a living then. I talk for a living now still, by the way, not only to you, but literally to my computer every day, right? And so what, what I love is the theater of the mind. I love radio. I, I just find it the most fascinating medium. And I love the, the action that you, the listener, are actually a participant, right? So it's not a one-way street. I hold the mic, but it's my job uh, to make you trust me and feel as though you're in the conversation with me. That's how, what a good host does, right? Um, and so those tricks that I learned to do in radio, a lot of authenticity, making you feel like you're in, inside backstage with me, making mistakes on purpose, like there's a lot of stuff I learned how to do, right? Leaving silence is very powerful on the air in any time, right? So, <laughs> so I, we, we thought about that, or I thought about that as I was marketing and writing. I was a fiction writing major, so I know a lot about writing. And how can I get that same kind of trust in this, what seems like a one-way medium, but make it feel two ways, right? And when we use that, as you guys know, like the way that we market our company, the way that we talk to our customers and and in customer service, the way we talk to each other internally, the way we um, built the AI, you know, our, our, all of these things stem from that idea, right? So again, the line didn't seem straight then, but it sure does now, mm. right? Because all these things relate. But then the, the courage, I mean, so the, the like, you know, you know, typing, writing, um, storytelling, but when I think of artificial intelligence, it's like, oh, that's another world STEM technology. You know, that to me, how the courage to say, well, it's the same language, but figuring it out, learning a new language. Like, what was the jump for you to say, mm, let me roll up my sleeve and see what this is about? How did that happen? Right, right. and let, just for a quick, um, bring everybody on board because the other thing is too, is everyone's yeah. like, what, what does Lately do? Hold on, because we're already excited and, and I sit here, I'm like, well, Gary, Gary V knows, if you guys don't know who Gary V is, go, go look up who Gary V is, because Gary, Gary V uses um, Lately AI, and it is such a powerful tool for those of us who have to market ourselves or our products out there on a regular basis, and it is overwhelming, and it, it sort of led to it. But yeah, so give it a little introduction and then heading back to, to where Sonia was as well. Cool, thanks you guys, softball city. Um, so two things. So, so lately, um, I'm going to, I'm going to start backwards. So from radio, that, that first company that I started actually was a music company. Um, oh, I forgot to tell you guys one important piece. So, so I had the book, I had the two books, right? Out of the start, the secret, I'm, my mind is changing. And that same week I happened to have a meeting with two guys who were hand delivering a product, which normally they would mail. And I'd never met these people before, but something said, okay, let's go to lunch. Right. And I did, and I was myself, and I was just kind of going off about my ideas about the music industry, and these guys were music fans, and they happened to be angel investors, which I didn't know, and they were like, we love you, let's start a company, here's 50,000 bucks, I'm not kidding, right? So, and I was so lucky, because they just happened to be 
guys who are so kind, nice, integrity, you know, friends. They were at my wedding. Like I, I love Alan Scott. And we started a, a company that was music related. And as I was marketing it, someone else came along and said, hey, could you consult us? You seem really good at marketing and we'll pay you a lot more and you can get out of the music business. And I was like, yes, that sounds awesome. So <laughs> I pivoted the company because I just had this bad taste, you know, like everything was actually pointing, get out of that, you know? Um, and suddenly Walmart was my client essentially, right? So it was this crazy situation where I was suddenly consulting the largest retailer in the world and they were working with uh, National Disability Institute, United Way Worldwide, the IRS, Bank of America, AT&T, and then tens of thousands of small and medium businesses, right? So me not having a marketing background and not a corporate background either, like I'm a wild horse, I come in full in shiny closet and I'm like, this is so screwed up. You people are crazy. I'm going to build you a spreadsheet, <laughs> right? So I build my spreadsheet and I bring it to them and they were like, oh my God, this is crazy. And what I did was I just tried to I had different eyeballs, you know, like I was like, we need to organize the system. I can see that people don't want to write. I can see that they're bad at writing. I can see that people aren't looking at what writing is succeeding and what's not. Um, how do we get everybody on the same message to work together collaboratively for this project? Um, and so my, my process got us 130% ROI year over year for three years, oh my right? So that's the, that's the important zag <laughs> in the mix. So while I was doing that, and again, I needed someone else to be the catalyst, right? Because AI isn't even far, it's still far down the line here. Um, my, I met somebody who said, you got to meet my friend, Steve. You guys are going to hit it off. And Steve is a, my co-founder now. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's an angel investor, um, a tech guy. So he knew this whole world that I didn't know anything about. And he kept asking to see all my spreadsheets because I now I use them for all my clients. You know, I had an agency and I, he was annoying me, <laughs> frankly. He kept asking and asking and asking. And finally, um, one day after seeing them and everything, he was like, we just need to build wireframes and um, we'll automate your spreadsheets. And we need $25,000. And I was like, dude, I work in radio. Like I, I'm taking the $25,000 I've bled for buying my first house. Like you're crazy. Also, don't touch my spreadsheets. Do, you know um so he did he took the money himself he, he built them because he saw what i didn't see he was like i've never seen a company do this before and they're all bad at marketing and you're solving this major problem and i just didn't have any understanding here so so he came took the money out of his own pocket brought my other founder at the time you know i didn't know him and they had automated this thing and they showed me and i was like oh my god now again this is far away from ai because what we were doing, we thought was organizing, right? Um, but it turns out that as we, yeah, yeah. And sorry to talk so much, but as we went down this path, the, which is a whole other story, but we, so lately has been in market for five years now. For the first four years, three years, I guess you might say, we were an organizing tool and that's what we were selling. And nobody wanted to buy that because it ain't sexy. But what is sexy is writing. <laughs> people are bad at writing. They hate writing. Um, they're hiring other people to writing. It's a chore. It's overwhelming. That was a word you used er earlier, Hillary, which is a great one. Um, and if they are creating content like podcasts like this, um, which get transcribed into writing, right, um, they need to unlock 
the content, right? So what happens after you write a blog, after you produce a podcast or a webinar or a conference or write a book? Like all the marketing until now has been on the front side. People think that the front is the way to do it. But in fact, it's the backside, right? So just think about the rest of your life. You digest radio, not live, at will, binge when you want, later. You digest TV, not live, again, at will, later. But marketing doesn't market to you that way, right? And so what I did for Walmart was the same idea. Like, let's take this podcast. Let's transcribe the whole thing. Let's find every awesome quote that Sonia and Hillary are saying, maybe me, and then use the quote to promote the podcast, yeah. right? Because what's inside the meat of it is here. That's so interesting. The title is, I don't know what the title is, but let's just say it's, Kate, you know, Kate Bradley Turner is an AI. Who gives a, nobody knows me. Nobody cares about me, like, right? So that's not a compelling thing. Um, but when you give people, again, the inside scoop, the sneak peek, the movie trailer, right? There it is. So it took us a long time to realize that. Um, and we, we have ahas. I had one the other day, check this out. We took lately, we took a concert from Lady Gaga, ran it through the AI. Now it can't hear music, it can't, it can't do that. But it can hear when people introduce the songs in between, right? And artists say really cool stuff then. Mm. And they're often introducing the next song. And so what a great marketing tool, <laughs> right? And it gave us all these awesome like Lady Gaga, mini movie trailers right so that is so cool <laughs> it's like the, the it's cool it, I, you know when we say creativity and innovation is like a requirement for the for, the, for any job market these days but that's just true like for me i can see this like just painting like where you're using words you're using content you're using the messaging the authenticity of what your audience wants to to what the purpose of what you want your audience wants to listen to and for some, it's amazing how you've created, like, you know what? It doesn't have to be that status quo. We're back there again. It doesn't have to be that status quo. What if we looked at the side doors? What if we looked at the back door? And yeah. and I think that you have, you know, I know that you said, I don't know what I was doing, but I think intuition, like your intuition said, I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm just, this is how it's working. It's not, it's not status quo, people. I'm going to rebuild these rules. And I just feel, again, I'm going back to the courage of whether you knew it or not, like, I'm going to change things. And I'm going to use a different language called AI. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> it's amazing to hear that. It gives me the inspiration to say, well, where can I be courageous at? What, what, what can I undo that I accepted as status quo? You know? And that, that sort of is, I think, uh, uh, Sonia, so well said, because I think that anchors everything that I've learned about you. And, and granted, okay, so I've only known you, for, known you for a short period of time, but the courage is such a recurring thing that I see, having the courage to put yourself out there and you tell a story in particular that to me just oh, resonated gosh. and I was listening to you tell it and I was just in the audience and I was like standing up going, yes, yes. You know? <laughs> I was almost like a little Harry Met Sally in there. Um, but that, so I would love it if you could tell our listeners about when you were seeking BC um, funding for, well, I guess go ahead and, and talk about the whole thing because there might be people out there listening that don't understand what we're even talking about, but trying to support and get off the ground your company and what happened and the pushback. 
and your equipment. Yeah, and <laughs> and I'll I'll segue that to you by the way. So so Steve, my co-founder, is very good, Sonia, doing what you did, which is telling me, hey, take credit for that thing. Stop giving it to us. That's you you did that, right? And I don't even know often still don't it happens all the time like um there's i mean there there's a million a million times i can share stories where steve is like ding 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 you did that you know um and sometimes i have to hear someone else talk about it before i even realize that was the thing one thing i've been learning is to take that credit and to go into a meeting and say i doubled our mrr in the last year i landed gary v and i landed sab you know because it's a woman's intuition to say we a lot, we do that, right? We do. And there's good things about it, of course, like my team is my team who they bleed for me because I we them, because I mean, I can't do it without them, you know? So it's been a weird transition to kind of take that credit um, because it's not natural, which is what you're getting to Hillary. And like this idea of even imagining that people can be, um, mean or or so rude kind of like always is a little bit shocking to me and so as i've been you know in venture capital world uh female funders only get two percent of all of the funding so i have to work 98 percent harder than a man and if you're black you're not even on the on the scale right so just imagine how hard this is and it's amazing to me, by the way, the women who don't help other women, in fact, regularly hinder them, um, knowing these stats, which is sort of also shocking, like it's just, you know, so, so one day we had a, I had a particularly memorable meeting <laughs> with an investor who I was, I went there early and it was glass everywhere so I could see everything. And um, I was there 15 minutes early in the secretary came over to me and she gave me some water or whatever. And I could see the, let's just call him, his name is John. So I could see John across the street, across the, um, not across the street, but across the cubicles there. And he knew that I was there. I saw him look up. And then now it's like right before the meeting and I see him pick up the phone. So he gets on the phone and he's on the phone for like 15 minutes. So now we're 15 minutes late and I'm like, okay. Um, and so then we go into the glass doors and he's got an, an assistant with him. So there's two people in the room the three of us all together. And he starts asking me questions that are very weird to ask of an, of a, I'm not going to bore you with the details, but they're all online. Like he'd look all this information up for me. So it's something you don't waste time when you're actually meeting somebody in person. Like, you know, this is, he knows that I like made an effort in New York. Even if I lived in New York, it took me a half an hour to get there. That's New York, you know? So like I put some time in this personal meeting and we were introduced by somebody who I mentioned like hey so and so says the nicest things about you and he didn't know who I was talking about so I knew right away he did no homework on this meeting he hasn't read my deck he's not prepared for this meeting and so he's asking me these stupid number of questions that he can get anywhere um and he's insisting I go through them and in a very specific order he keeps correcting me so I'm, I'm feeling railroaded right up front and I'm also feeling not taken very seriously because I know these things have nothing to do with how, why people make an investment right I know I know that so much and then um, as I start to give him my pitch I can see him not listening and kind of roll kind of rolling his eyes and then he gets up and he goes to the whiteboard and he starts drawing a graph and he's like let me give you a little lesson on xyz and he starts he starts drawing this thing that's been a known blog that's been passed around. And I, I'm like, yeah, yeah, man, I read this. I know this. And he's, so he thinks he's instructing me, right? And also throughout, his daughter's name is Katie. And so he's, 
consistently referencing our names and how I, that's his daughter. So, so that's actually very insulting to me, right. you know, because it's, he, yeah, he's putting me below him. Yeah. Right. It's not in a complimentary way. Like you remind me of my daughter. Right. It's not like that. And even that is weird when you don't know somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and um, but that now I'm getting back to my pitch as I'm doing my pitch, he falls asleep, not once, but twice, like, like, the, like this. No. You know? Yeah. Yep. If you're listening, totally. they just showed us like tilting your head all the way backwards and just, oh, that's so rude. Yeah. Like when your head just kind of nods off and there's a person in the, another person in the room. Right. And I just, I was just kind of sh- sh- stunned. And so then he did this thing that I've seen people do in the past and I've heard it before as well. And it's what he, he leaned back in his chair, he pushed back and he puts his arms behind his head and sticks his elbows out and leans way back in the chair and said, so how can I be helpful to you? Wow. Right. So what that code is, we're not doing a deal with you. And I, I think of myself now as your advisor, because clearly you're not good enough to, you know, own a company or be doing anything further. Right. And so like, I know all that cue, I can see that happening. And I'm so angry because this has been such a colossal waste of my time. Right. And I'm, I'm shaking so hard. And so I, and he says, how can I help you? Right. What can I do for you? And I shake, I'm, I say to him, you can be helpful by never doing this again to another entrepreneur, female entrepreneur, I might've said. And I, I stood up and now he's shocked. He's like, what, what do you mean? And I said to him, I go, dude, you railroaded me. You referred to me as your daughter and you fell asleep twice. Like I listed off the things and I was so nervous. Like, cause this is a big, this is a well-known guy actually, you know? And uh, <laughs> so then he's like, oh, well, let me make it up to you or let, let me, let's, let's schedule another call or something he said. And I was like, no. He's like, well, can I email me? And I was like, maybe. Like, I just kind of was just like, whatever, like, you know, email, fine, email me. And I'm trying to make it to the door and the door is one of those magnetic doors. And I can't open it. And I'm standing there pulling at the door and the, the analyst has to come over and open it for me. And then I'm standing at the elevators in the glass room waiting for two minutes like all I want to do is like run outside and scream, you know? And then by the way, he did email me. Um, and it was the stupidest email. Like it was clearly like he knew he fucked up. Um, and I did, here's the best thing a woman told me to do a long time ago, delete it with your middle finger, which is what I did. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> that whole experience just makes me want to throw up. Like the audacity that that it's so annoying. Well, I guess what what was the most surprising, and I don't know if I believe him. Like he was so surprised. It's like there was such intention there for me, and then to pretend that you're surprised, or was he really surprised? You know, yeah. I think, again, I'm just so that the happy ending of the story is just you standing up and saying, "Let me educate you a bit." You know, like at least you were able to to stand on that, you know, on, on your on both feet and say, "Before I awkwardly exit out." I'm going to tell you exactly what you did wrong. And I think, well, I thank you. I'm, I'm hoping he shifted. Not. Uh, I don't think so. I remember seeing him. I saw that he was going to speak somewhere recently. And like I, the person who was running it, I know personally, and I was like, and knows the story. And I was like, can I pay everyone in the room 20 bucks to fall asleep when he comes in? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That would be the best. Okay. I love your creativity. I love your creativity. You know, when I heard you tell that story for the first time, Kate, I was, I mean, first of all, my first thought was like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. That is, that's why I call you bad. I'm that's so badass to turn around and be like, blah, blah, blah. But what I love is we asked you on that call. We said, 
what gave you the courage to do it? And what was your answer? Oh, yeah, it's, I said that I don't, we have to make it so that other people, other women don't have to go through this, right? Like, so, and, and by the way, Hillary, you and, and Sonia, you can do that without standing up to someone. So like, if you don't have the courage to do that in that moment, it takes just as much courage to tell other people about the story later mm-hmm. so that they know that, A, they're not alone and going through the same thing. And it's not, you know, because that's the thing that happens to me all the time, which is like, I second guess right away and think, I'm crazy. I'm imagining this, the self-doubt. It's the worst. That's the worst part. It's the gaslighting, right? If this must be my fault. And so just by sharing it with other people helps them understand that they're not crazy. And then also, um, I think it's also comforting to know that it's okay, by the way, to not stand up. You don't have to do what I did. And, and it wasn't glorious or cool in any way. I mean, I really was shaking and like, I was very nervous, frankly. Um, Cause you know, those guys can ruin my life. They could blacklist me and be like, tell the whole, everyone and you know, whatever. And, Hey, maybe that's happening. Maybe that's why I'm not racing. Who the fuck knows? But like, um, I want to sidestep a little bit and just tell you one other thing that happened recently, because this was crazy. Um, we were on a call recently with an investor and we were like, just, you know, talking, Hey, give me the, uh, you know, give me the 411. What are you up to? I said, and he's like, Oh, I'll show you. I've been working on some projects. And he pulled up this Amazon page of this doohickey he's selling and it's a, a drink, uh, a drinks accompaniment type of thing, like not a wine stopper type of thing, but something like that. Right. And so he's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Not really cool. Um, and he's like, yeah, crazily women are like the biggest sellers because we have this other design. And then he goes to a uh, rated R site where there's penises all over. Right. I'm, I'm watching his screen and he's showing me the penis version of his toy this drink thing with all these women who are like supposed to be at a wedding, like, or some kind of bachelorette party. And like, I'm stunned. I'm my, my, my co-founder was on my coworker, Lauren was on this call with me and I'm slacking her and I'm like, get off this call. I'll handle this. Like, this is so weird. And she's like, I gotta go emergency. And, and I continued the call with the guy. And I, but I wrote a letter to my staff this morning on my um, general and Slack. And I told him what happened. And, and I said what I just said to you, which is like, I didn't have, all I had the wherewithal was to get Lauren out of there. <laughs> that was my first thought was like, I can protect her. I got to deal with this somehow, you know? And I didn't have the courage to say, stop right now. Like, this is weird. Like, I just, I don't know. It was so, it was so, and he wasn't like an asshole. Like, oh, and he did also compliment. He's like, you look really young. He said that a few times, which is weird. But like, all, those are the cues that you're getting. And those are the things that afterwards, now you get angry about it. Because like, I'm thinking, why did I just sit there? Oh, and he started giving me unsolicited advice also. Like, why did I sit there and take it? You know, why did I do that? But I think it's so, I, it, here's the thing is I think you're, you're this, what I love is that you're raising the consciousness of it, right? And you're questioning it and you're saying, wait a minute, we're, we're in as women, we, we have, we, we don't deserve a seat at the table. We are at, at the table. We are at the table and it's time to stop like putting the napkin on our lap and doing all of that <laughs> instead, turning around and listening. And uh, I, so I love that about it. And I, I think that that's what I see that these, these little, these little steps asking her to like, they're the baby steps. We're moving the needle. 
and we're going to continue to move the needle and we need voices like you and I, I love it because that's, I mean, I, I listened to you, Kate, and, and today I'm hearing, you know, it started from really learning to trust yourself and trust the, the creativity that you had in problem solving, whether you realize it or not. I mean, it's just, you were born with it. So you probably, for a year, you're like, whatever, doesn't everybody do this? No, no, everybody does not do this. So and you have the, the, the incredible trust and then the belief, the belief that it can go somewhere and showing up with that confidence that even when you're not quite sure what's going on, you're asking, you're getting in the room and you're getting the names and you're getting people to listen and then having the courage to continue to really, to, to pursue that, to stand up when you need to, to rethink and renew and revitalize and come up with a different way of going at it and grow from it, even if it isn't. And then ultimately just to make the way for others. I mean, I love that because I feel like you leave people better than you found them. And if that's for those of us that are, are watching, I appreciate so much seeing your journey. And even from afar, I feel um, a, a sort of mentorship in what you do. And I Wow, just... uh, who are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then for me, it's so important to hear that courage and taking steps and being assertive isn't like a sequential event. It isn't that you achieve courage level A and then you'll automatically get to courage level B. <laughs> Adaptability and, and, you know, adapting and being flexible, you know, in terms of what, what are our boundaries in this moment? Um, yesterday I was kicking butt, you know, standing up for everybody, you know, all women of, of the world. And today I find humility and I'm sitting through this. And I don't think that there should be judgment in any of that, but it's of, of today, I choose courage, but where is, what does it look like? And I think that there's this, I'm, you're giving me permission to say, I'm allowed to be courageous and bold and assertive and clear today. And then tomorrow, if I don't, that's okay that this, the spiral of, of building this, the sense of self and being, it's messy that, and, and we should not expect it to be less than that, you know? So I'm taking that, yeah. how, you know, like I'm celebrating your story for all that you've worked. I think sharing the vulnerability of the ins and outs, I just so appreciate that honesty that you're giving to us because it releases me from being this perfected, you know, woman entrepreneur ready to take on the world. Sometimes I won't, you know? Yeah, I think that, you know, lifting each other up is the name of the game, right? Yeah. In any way, man, woman, whatever. Um, and it's so easy to do it. And it's actually so much harder to not do it, frankly, right? Um, but in, sometimes it's as little as a smile, right? That's just the easiest, easiest thing is like, you know, before you approach the person and you're 10 feet away, pull the mask down and just smile, then you can put it back up, you know, and remind them there's a human underneath there, right? Or, um, or, or tell somebody your, what happened to you today so that they know to watch out for it. I mean, I think we've, it's, it, these things that are weird or uncomfortable come in all different shapes of size, sizes, and they're, hard to predict. Um, but the same with the positive things like, you know, you, you can hear there's multiple occasions in my life continuously where I need other people to like be the um, harbinger for me or be the <laughs> hello, <laughs> that friend, you know, 
Well, and that's what I, I think just does. I wish we could go on for about a million more years. I feel like I could talk to you all day long. You have that authenticity about you that's like, okay, come on, you're part of my tribe. Let's go. Uh, I think that ultimately that really is what I'm hearing and, and why we're here with Decided Heart Conversations. The whole reason we brought this together is because I think meaning comes when we share stories. Meaning comes when we have conversations, not monologues like that we see on Facebook and all this of like, let me tell you my opinion and la 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 la, I'm not listening to yours, right? But it's shared, we find meaning in these stories. And as we're, as we're closing things up, again, thank you so much for sharing your story. How can everyone, I mean, you guys, she had Apollo Ono this week doing a workshop on Lately AI. Apollo Ono. He's so hot. Great. Really, I'm sorry. I mean, he's so hot. He is so smart. He is a very intelligent man who I'm. I right. We were talking about very seriously. You tell that too. as well. Um, so, can you tell us how can we get or how can our listeners take a look at this lately AI thing and see if it can help their business? Well, thank you so much, both of you. I really appreciate it. But we're at Lately.ai. Um, we're at Lately AI at all the social places. And I'm Lately AI Kately. <laughs> so, and my team is really friendly. And all we talked about here is the culture of what we um, preach inside and out. And so, you know, it's no sweat. We're just nice people and we want to help you. And so, so easy, right? Thank you so much. So you want to bring us out today? Yeah, so everyone, I just hope, you know, our listeners and our viewers really reflect on where courage and assertive are in your in your work that you do and your purpose and think about those who have become your pivots, your accountability partners, however you want to, to think about the, the village that you're um, building. And um, we look forward to our next episode at Decided Heart Conversations. So we will see you all next time. Have a good one.